The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Everybody, welcome to Main Street Vegan. I'm so happy and excited to be here. In fact, every week I, I have to tone down my enthusiasm because this is just such a fascinating, wonderful topic to get to talk about every week. I'm just so happy that you are with me, whether you're listening in live or whether you're on Sketcher or, or your iPad or your iPhone or something else. Stitcher, not Sketcher. Okay, Jeff is laughing at me. Jeff is my engineer, and he really keeps me in stitches or sketches because he's always doing funny things, and I see him on Skype, so I'm just going to put my notes right over my screen, and then whatever he does or whatever kind of junk food he eats and tries to get a rise out of me, I won't even know. But I will know if you call in, and you can do that at 888-558-6489. That's our toll-free number, and it would just be so much fun to talk with you, hear your questions, see what's going on in your world today. We do have two wonderful guests. Our first guest after the first break will be Tambra Riddle. She's a certified nutritionist and an ND, naturopathic doctor. And she's the author of My Teenage Rejection of Death Products. She'll be calling in from the Chicago area. And then live in my home studio here in in New York City, we will have holistic health coach Diane Wentz. She's going to be talking about healthy things and also about 
how you can form your own vegan or vegetarian group in your area and just make it the cool thing to be. Now, I have to tell you that I am just back from my hometown. I was out in Kansas City, Missouri, which is actually pretty close to where this show is broadcast from. Unity Village, where Unity Online Radio is headquartered, is uh, it actually it's its own incorporated village, but it's kind of within the town of Lee's Summit, Missouri, which is a suburb of Kansas City. And I grew up there, so I just find it a very, very important part of the world. And I have to tell you, what is going on in Kansas City, vegan-wise, is beyond anything that I would have dared to imagine as a young woman just getting interested in these kinds of things. Kansas City has a vegan meal delivery service. It has a, a vegan coffee shop. We don't even have one of those in New York City. This is a place where every scone, every latte, every wrap is vegan. And then there are several lovely vegan and vegetarian restaurants as well. I went to Cafe Gratitude, which is is just fabulous. You know the Cafe Gratitudes in, in California. The one in Kansas City is so exquisite. Had the most wonderful, wonderful lunch there. We also went to a place called Food F-U-D, and had uh, vegan mac and cheese, which was pretty cool. So it was just a wonderful, wonderful thing to see what is happening in the middle of the country. And this tells me that that's what's happening all over this country. And we're all part of it. So that was very, very cool. However, as we know in this work for animals and work for a better world, there is way more good stuff than bad stuff that's going on. Well, let's rephrase that. I'm trying to be positive because this is a unity station. There is a lot of horrible stuff going on in terms of how we treat animals. However, there is a whole lot of response to that, a lot of positive response, a lot of people doing great work. So when I was in Kansas City, in addition to all the wonderful vegan excitement that's going on there, I saw something in a shopping mall that just broke my heart. And I guess this is happening all over the country in shopping malls. And you might want to give us a call at 888-558-6489 if you've seen this or if you know anything about this. There's a company called Pocket Pets, and there may be several companies. I'm not an expert on this. I've done a little bit of online research based on what I saw. And they come to malls around the country and they sell these little creatures. At first, I thought they, they were stuffed. I thought they were just selling little toys. But no, these are actual living creatures. They're called sugar gliders. They're native to Australia. And they're very delicate little creatures. They were never meant to be pets. I suppose it could be argued that nobody ever was. But I have to say, dogs and cats have gotten so close to us, they seem to really be very good at it. But these little guys are wild animals. And because they are sold as, quote, pocket pets, children take that very literally. They stick them in pockets. They stick them in backpacks. They leave them in lockers. They forget to feed them. It's really, really a sad thing. So you might want to check out pocket pets and sugar gliders and see if there's anything being done in your local area by a humane society or an animal rights group to make sure that these little guys are either not sold at all or that the um, full extent of the law is brought to bear on these people so that they're at least 
doing this thing that at least seems to me very irresponsible in the most responsible way possible. It was interesting. One of the things I found online was a TV expose about this done in Florida. And they did make a comment that this company has the A1 or A plus or whatever it is, better business bureau rating. And I thought, isn't that fascinating? Because I'm sure that part of that rating is not humane treatment of animals. So we need to get that into the forefront front at shopping malls and grocery stores and everywhere else all around this country. I wanted to answer uh, on the air here an email that came in from a reader up in New England. Lovely couple have a little little girl who's, uh, I think, just about a year old now. And the father wrote to me and said that when his mom took the baby into the pediatrician and said that they were a vegan family and she didn't want to give the child cow's milk, that the doctor lowered his voice as if he was sharing with her something kind of secretive that really shouldn't be found out. And he said, well, you know, she really doesn't need cow's milk. I thought that was great and that he had to be quiet about it or felt that he had to be quiet about it. So the question was, how do we get enough calcium into our baby if we're not going to be giving her cow's milk. Now, the dad did tell me that his wife is still breastfeeding, which is excellent. Did you know that the average age at which children wean around the world is age three? That always shocks people. But it is true that even though we start naturally getting interested in food at about our first birthday, that mother's milk can be an important both source of comfort and of, of nutrition for a little one for quite a while. So as a nursing mom, you want to make sure that you're getting plenty of nutrients. You even get to get extra calories. This is one of the great joys of being a nursing mom. (laughs) You can just eat like a harvest hand and never have to worry about your weight. But you want to be getting plenty of calcium, plenty of protein, everything that you need so that that's also in your milk for the baby. But once the little one starts eating food, the commercial milks, whether it's soy or almond or coconut or whatever kind of milk just about that you buy, is fortified with the same amount of calcium as in cow's milk or sometimes even 50% more. So the whole thing of you have to drink cow's milk for calcium just kind of goes out the window with that. Or you and your child can get calcium just where the cow gets hers, and that is from the green plants, from your green leafy vegetables. Now, little kids are not reaching out for raw kale and saying, yum, yum. That's not the first thing that we develop a taste for. But you certainly can put some greens in a smoothie when your child starts eating. Um, You can make juice and use a nice apple base so that there's some sweetness there and it's good and put in some of those greens. So we will be back after these messages with our first guest, Tambra Riddle. Stay with us. We're going to get way healthy on Main Street Vegan. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach. 
please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Welcome back. So happy to have you today. I'm Victoria Moran, your host of Main Street Vegan. I'm also the author of the book, Main Street Vegan, Everything You Need to Know to Eat Healthfully and Live Compassionately in the Real World. You can find that at your local bookseller or at barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. You can also check out more about what we are doing here at Main Street Vegan. We've got so much stuff going on. We have a fabulous academy to train vegan lifestyle coaches. We have a family feature film in the works, Miss Liberty. So you can read about all those cool things at MainStreetVegan.net. But we are here in this 21-minute segment, not to talk about me, but to talk about our fabulous guest, and that is Tambra Riddle. She is a certified nutritionist, and she cultivates nutritional awareness through writing and consulting while encouraging healthy plant-based lifestyles among the teens and 20s crowd. She herself has been a vegetarian since 1994, vegan since 2004. She lives with her husband in the Chicago suburbs and is the author of My Teenage Rejection of Death Products. You can find Tambra at VeggieEdge.com and follow her on Twitter at VeggieEdge. And Veggie, we know now, has two Gs. That used to always be a problem. I never knew when I was saying Veggie Burger how many Gs. I believe it has been decided. Two Gs, and for Tambra, that's how it is, VeggieEdge.com, at VeggieEdge on Twitter. Hey there, Tambra. Welcome to the show. Hi, Victoria. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it is wonderful, wonderful to hear your voice. We met out there in Chicago last summer at Chicago Vegan Mania, which was a lot of fun. We shared a a panel presentation. So let's jump in first to your book. It is so clever. I mean, your your cover is delightful. Everything about the presentation. Dr. Neil Barnard of, of PCRM says, this is one of the most practical books you'll ever read. What changed you as a teenager and caused you to reject death products? 
<laughs> I love that question, and I think it was a long time coming, but my biggest reason when I was a teenager that I didn't want to eat meat anymore was because I didn't like the taste, and my parents were not one bit surprised. I think when it happened, it was Thanksgiving of 1994. We were all at the table, and I told both of my parents that that was the last time I was ever going to eat meat, and that was it. I took one bite of turkey, and I said that was the last piece, and for me, it was just not liking the taste, but when I finally made the connection that I was eating a bird, it was just kind of gross, and I was like, why would someone eat this? So for me, that was the last straw. I think more and more teenagers and, and people of all ages are, are coming to this these days. And one of the things I know that's concerning you is that nowadays you don't necessarily get healthier when you drop the animal products. What's going on there? Absolutely. I think a lot of people automatically associate no meat with health. And what they have to realize, there's always going to be, you know, a needle in the haystack. There's always going to be something that you can do for yourself to create a better, healthier you. When it comes to veganism, vegan foods are not always healthy. So you want to be able to distinguish the difference. A lot of things that I would consider not so great on a vegan diet would be anything fried, you can fry a lot of vegan food items, but that doesn't mean that they're healthy for you because they're still fried. Um, fried food, refined sugars, any kind of hydrogenated oils. A lot of people decide that they can do, you know, juice fasts right away, which can be healthy if they're done properly with the right timing. But just because it's vegan doesn't mean it's healthy. So it's always good to do your research first. Before you do it, I know a lot of people, when they go vegan, they think, oh, well, since I'm not eating meat, I can eat whatever isn't meat or any animal product for that matter. And they'll load up on little snack foods like chips and cookies and granola bars and just all day graze on these non-meat items thinking that they're healthier, but they don't pay attention to their macronutrients, the proteins, the fats, and the carbohydrates and how the balance of those plays out in your body. Well, I've seen it even in my own life that I used to be the kind of vegan who would read labels, and if there wasn't anything from an animal in there, I figured it was okay. And now when I read the label, of course, most of what I eat doesn't even have labels because it's produce, but when I do read a label, I'm looking for what's in there that's good for me. Now, I, I, of course, I don't want it to have any animal products in there, but it also needs to have something good just because it's missing an animal product. I mean, Twizzlers don't have any animal products. <laughs> that doesn't mean <laughs> right. that we want to exactly. eat. Exactly, but then they have all the fake colors and fake flavors, which are equally bad for you. Absolutely. So tell us, in, in your view, uh, what is a healthy plant-based diet? I would consider a healthy plant-based diet to include whole, unprocessed foods. So your whole grains, like buckwheat, quinoa, millet, those kinds of bases to a dish, and then a protein if you can pick beans, nuts, seeds, lentils, even nut butters. Uh, there's a lot of different options, you know, like um, 
Tofu is okay. I think every now and then I wouldn't be reliant on it. I do like it if I'm out in a restaurant and that's the only vegan protein option they have. I feel like picking it is better than not having any protein. But any kind of sprouted seeds and sprouted beans, I love having split peas. You can be really creative with split peas, and they're a really great source of protein with a lot of amino acids. And I like hemp and chia seeds, too. So if you can have helpful carbohydrates, good proteins like the ones I just mentioned, and then some healthy fats like avocados, walnuts, almonds, the list goes on and on. But just like you said, you know, eating food without labels is generally a good direction to go. Now, I just have a question on split peas. I think when most people hear that, they think, okay, soup, what else? What else do you do with split peas? Yeah, soup is a big one. Uh, One of my favorite recipes that I came up with is called the split pea scramble. And it's, I believe, on page 236 in the book. And it's basically to take the place of an omelet and eggs. Um, I've had a lot of tofu scrambles in my day. And it really just doesn't cut my craving for eggs because that was one thing I did miss when I gave up eggs. And I couldn't make myself omelets the way that they used to taste. So I would use yellow split peas, and I came up with a recipe like a scramble, like an omelet, only using split peas. Another good way, you can use them in sauces. You can use them like in gravies, you know, if you blend them in a blender and hide them in a sauce. It's always a creative way, too. Okay. Well, I'm going to try this uh, scrambled scrambled split pea. Uh, we're having a Main Street Vegan Academy course coming up starting February 19th. And we have about half a dozen lunches and dinners together. And I've finally figured out that it's a great idea to give people breakfast when they show up because they're coming from earlier time zones and they think 8 o'clock is really, really early in the morning. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I've I've been looking for things to feed them. So I think one of these days we're going to do yellow split peas. So you've mentioned protein a few times. Yeah, it's on page 205 in the book. Okay, 205 in um, My Teenage Rejection of Death Products by Tambra Riddle, R-I-D-D-L-E. Now, talk a little bit more about protein. We actually had a a guest last week, a a dietitian, who also was saying that particularly on a, a vegan diet that focuses on grains, you can come a little bit short on the protein. Now, so many of our experts, I know Dr. McDougall and people like this are saying protein is just not a problem at all. Don't even think about it. But but you're kind of saying, eh, you know, let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm really glad you brought up this point because I want every listener to realize that protein is extremely individual and you'll always be able to tell what is correct for you When you see your nails splitting and breaking, you know you're not getting enough protein. Or another really good clue is that you have a lot of cravings for sugar or starchy foods. And so for me, I realized I need about 40 to 45 grams a day for me to feel satisfied. Having good protein will provide good energy, steady energy. It will keep you full and it will create nice, strong nails and hair. For myself, I notice that if I eat too little, my nails will split. That's like my first clue, and I'll feel restless, and I won't sleep right. 
But the other experts are correct in the fact that not as much protein is needed on average because protein, I feel like, is overrated in our society. A lot of people think, oh, I need to get 100 grams a day. I need to get 120 grams a day. It's always very, very high, which is difficult for the kidneys to process. It creates a lot of uric acid, which means a lot of inflammation, and it can create joint pain and other effects too. But having protein come from plants is great because it's easy for your kidneys to process. And plants also contain amino acids. An amino acid is a building block for us to make proteins. So if you can get amino acids from plants, say like broccoli, for example, broccoli might not have 10 grams of protein per serving, but it does contain a lot of amino acids, which are needed to make proteins, needed to make muscles in your body. So you can obtain amino acids from plants, not necessarily already created proteins. So in that, in that sense, they are correct that protein is overrated. You don't need as much as you thought that you need. But again, it's very individual for everyone. And a great way to estimate it is about 35 to 40% of your body's weight in grams a day. So if I'm 100 pounds, I need 35 to 40 grams a day. Generally, give or take, you see how you feel. But I think it's very individual. I've tried to get away on 20 to 25 grams a day. That did not work for me at all because my nails were splitting, my hair wasn't growing, I was restless, I was craving, so the protein was definitely missing. Right, and yet, as you say, the, the total that, that you need would be considered low by some other people who come from a different dietary philosophy. It's so funny. This definitely. is science. And I also I think that blood type has a lot to do with it, too. Um, I'm... A believer in blood type diets, not to the strictest of the meaning. I, I am a type O, which are supposed to be giant meat eaters, um, which obviously I'm not. I'm a vegan. But I think that the theory that O blood types need a lot of protein is definitely right on the money because I feel fantastic when I get a higher protein diet, lower carbohydrate. Not to say that there's no carbohydrates, but for me, an ideal combination after 18 years of you know, refining this, I find that high protein with complex carbohydrates is my power combo, and I love it. And yet, as you talk about high protein, it's not at all what a paleo person would mean. So sometimes Correct. I think the communication is just difficult. So when you talk about kidney function and inflammation, that's the kind of thing that somebody my age finds very interesting. But you're focused on teenagers and young people. So what do you tell them? How do you get them excited about a healthy vegan diet? In the book, I like to talk about visualization of a, a version of themselves 10 years from now. Because I think that when I was younger, I saw everyone around me not caring about themselves a year from now, two years from now, whereas opposed to me sitting there at 15 years old in the cafeteria thinking, what can I do to make a better 20-year-old version of myself? What can I do to be healthy at 25? What can I do so that at 30, I'm still slim and trim? I don't want to get old and get fat. I want to be in shape. I want to take care of myself the best I can. So for me, getting teens to think about 
how much power and control they have over their future, I think is something that, A, they definitely lack because when you're a teenager, a lot of people, you know, like parents, they try and, like, you know, dictate your every move. And you're trying to gain independence as a teenager and responsibility and trying to come into your own. So thinking about creating a future version of yourself for myself as a teenager was very exciting. And I just want kids to realize you absolutely have the power to create a very healthy version of yourself in the future. And everything you eat now at 16 is going to directly affect who you are at 26 because our bodies are constantly reinventing themselves and fueling off of the food that we ate yesterday. So I like kids to be able to see that I found it exciting for myself and what it has done for me now that I'm 33 and I still weigh the same that I did at 15. I think that's pretty exciting to think like you really can have a very big part in who you become. Oh, I've certainly seen that. And uh, <laughs> I have a daughter who's almost your age. And it's it's so wonderful. There's this wonderful youthening about eating healthy vegan foods. I mean, I see you and, and your picture that I'm looking at right now. And I know this is not your high school picture because I met you last summer and you still look like this. And I'd say you look about hmm, 17 my daughter it gets <laughs> carded everywhere she goes. And, you know, and I'm doing pretty well as her mom. So it's a great, great thing. So why do, why are so many people taken in by the junk food propaganda? I mean, what is it about this food that has nothing in it, nothing to help a person? And yet, once we start eating it, it's so hard to stop. Absolutely it is. Um, I like to sum it up like this, Victoria. Junk food is like a black hole. It really is because it's so ingrained in our culture. I, I don't want to place blame on just culture, but I think it's a really good place to start because we all emotionally want to fit in with our surroundings, especially as a young person. You eat what they eat. You do what they do, you go where they go, and if you do those things, then you will be cool. It seems like it's almost this equation. you got to, you know, it's all about what you look like, it's all about what you eat, it's all about who you know, and you got to fit in to be cool. That's at least how it was for me when I was in high school, and I was clearly the opposite of all of those things, and it was very socially uncomfortable. So when I look at it now, I think, now I know why. Being vegan is so counterculture. It's grown a lot over the years, but when it, for me, it was very countercultural. People want to fit in, and eating differently creates so many more questions and situations that emotionally I don't think a lot of people are ready to deal with. So in a nutshell, I would say it's definitely got something to do with culture and just our surroundings, what we're brought up on. But mm. physically, when you eat junk food, because it's void of any nutrition, we continue to crave. When your body has nutrients, the cravings will cease because your body's actually eating what it's been craving. You're being nourished, so the cravings stop. When you're nourished and you eat wholesome foods, there's a gland called the hypothalamus that's in our brain that will tell us, hey, we're satisfied. That tasted good, it felt good, and it's good fuel for my body. But when you eat junk food and it's void of any nutrients, 
your body is going to still send out signals that you're hungry for more, so you reach for anything. The more carbs you eat, the more carbs you want. The more refined food you eat, the more refined food you want. It's very simple. And if you can change that pattern by just picking different foods, especially first thing in the morning, if you can pick a good steady protein in the morning, that is going to set the pace for the rest of the day. What do you eat in the morning? I like, well, this morning I had a gluten-free adukey bean breakfast burger, which unfortunately is not in my book, but it is on the website, and it's fantastic. It's got adukey beans and a little bit of brown rice. It's got hemp seed and some flax seed and then some seasonings, but it's basically a good protein mixed with a steady carbohydrate. And gives you a steady day. Yeah, that's what it sounds really was like. a good beginning. Good protein will put you in a good mood. It's a, it's almost a guarantee in this land. So you can, vegan, people vegan can find that recipe at VeggieEdge.com. That's V-E-G-G-I-E-E-D-G-E.com. And there you can also find out more about Tambra Riddle, about her really fun book, My Teenage Rejection of Death Products, which is a great book for anybody of any age. But if you know a teenager who's looking into maybe going vegan or vegetarian, who's making some noises about that, that would be a really, really lovely gift for a young person in your life. Christine Perillo, the um, host of Christina Cooks on, on PBS, uh, wrote the foreword. So that's, uh, that's quite an endorsement. Thank you so much for being with us today, Tambra. Thank you so much for having me, Victoria. All the best. Happy eating. Thank you. You too. Okay. Well, we're going to bid farewell to Tambra, have a few messages, and we will be back with another health expert, veggie girl, Diane Wentz, right here on Main Street Vegan on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listeners, did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity Online Radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit Unity Online Radio and click on Mobile Listening. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. 
everybody. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan. I am Victoria Moran. You can find me at MainStreetVegan.net or on Twitter. I love Twitter. I love Twitter where I am at Victoria underscore Moran. Would love to see you there. It is my honor and pleasure to introduce my next guest today. And this is Diane Wenz, VLCHHC. You remember Diane. She was co-hosting with me a couple of weeks ago. And she is back in our New York satellite studio uh, to be my guest on this segment. Diane is a vegan lifestyle coach and a plant-based nutrition specialist, as well as a holistic health counselor certified by the American Academy of Drugless Practitioners. She coaches people from around the country to improve their health and well-being, and she helps people make the dietary choices that they need to go vegan. She is an avid cook and baker and also teaches cooking classes in New Jersey, where she runs the great, big, busy, fabulous meetup group, Montclair Vegans. She hosts monthly potluck. She runs Charity Bakesdale. She is doing all kinds of stuff. She also does a, a weekly Meatless Monday column from Hot for the from the Kettle. And she's a contributing writer to ChicVegan.com and VegKitchen.com. Her website and blog are at VeggieGirl.com. And we already know now how to spell veggie. She's Veggie Girl on Facebook and Diane Wenz, D-I-A-N-N-E-W-E-N-Z, on Twitter. She walked in today. Her phone was ringing. They wanted her from Fitness Magazine to be their health coach of New Jersey. This woman is in demand. Welcome, Diane. Thank you, Victoria. Nice to have you here. Very happy to be here. Well, I know it. We had a good lunch, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we had... uh, a mixed green salad and some sautéed tofu with elephant garlic. I love elephant garlic. It's delicious. Yeah, and it's big. It's, yeah. it's easy to chop. And, and some red onion, and it was it was nice. And, and then you brought you brought the beverages. I did. I brought some to- chocolate ticino tea bags. Mm. I, I love Ticino, and I especially like that because it's tea bags. Because I don't have a coffee maker. Yeah, I don't drink coffee at home. Well, Ticino, for those of you who don't know, it's T E E C H I N O. You could call it a coffee substitute, but I hate to call any of these things that are so good a substitute for anything. But you can get original Ticino, which is is made from grains and dried fruits and nuts and all sorts of good things, and put it through any sort of coffee maker so you have that ritual and that aroma of coffee. And now it also comes in these tea bags. It's wonderful. It is wonderful. I often give people Ticino, people that uh, I work with that are hooked on coffee. I Mm. like to give them bags of Ticino to try. That's nice. Because a lot of times it is about the ritual. It's not necessarily the drink itself. They like the ritual of making it and brewing it and holding the warm mug in their hands. And we can use warm mugs out here in the Northeast. It's pretty cold. This time of year. So how did you get started on the path of becoming a health coach? Well, I went... A vegetarian um, around the age of 21 for ethical reasons, and it was the early 90s, and people didn't know too much. It's much easier today to Google things, (laughs) and everybody I knew was obsessed with protein, and I started drinking lots more cow's milk to make up for not eating meat, which I think a lot of people did back then, and I noticed I was having lots of stomach problems. I was developing IBS kind of symptoms, 
And I had bought this little book at a drugstore, a little pocketbook on nutrition. And I looked up irritable bowel syndrome and it said it's sometimes caused by cow's milk. So I stopped drinking the milk and the symptoms went away. And I just thought that was kind of magical. So um, I gave up cow's milk. I started drinking soy milk. I still did lots of cheese, ice cream. Cheese is very addictive. <laughs> I, I love how we use that word to do with some of these oh, things. Yeah. It's almost like drugs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did I was, cheese. I think, I, I think it is. It is. <laughs> cheese is a drug. It's got the casomorphins in it. Um, and then many years later, probably nine years later, uh, I was reading, I was actually researching to get Veggie Girl up online and I read about the egg and dairy industry and I said, that's it. I've got to go vegan. And when I went vegan, um, well, when I was younger, I had chronic sinus problems, chronic headaches, lots of allergies. It was so bad, I actually had to drop out of college for a semester. And um, when I would get these headaches, I, I would take an over-the-counter sleeping pill and go to bed and hope that I would wake up feeling better. But when I went vegan almost overnight, all of that went away. And um, I, I was just amazed, and I said, I have to learn more about this. And I don't really have too much of a sciencey brain, so I, I knew that I couldn't that going back to school for a nutrition degree wasn't really for me. But when I heard about health coaches, it was a new thing. I looked it up and I said, "That's what I want to do. I want to be a health coach." And and you do it very very successfully. So just to people who don't understand, what's the difference between what a health coach does and what a nutritionist does? Yeah, I get that a lot. People think I am a nutritionist, but I don't actually have the degree. I am certified as a health coach, and I'm also certified in plant-based diet and nutrition. Um, and I don't really dwell on individual nutrients and things like that. What I do is I help people make healthy choices to change their diets. A lot of people come to me that are feeling sluggish, stressed out. They want to eat better. People come to me because they want to go vegan, and so I help them make the right choices to change their diets, go vegan in a healthful way, make the make choices and decisions that um, work best for them and their lifestyle. Mm, that sounds lovely. Now, tell us about your group. I mean, you have got a group going on, Montclair Vegans. I Let's- love Montclair <laughs> Vegans. It's great. We've got about 550 members now. Uh, the group was actually started by somebody else. Around the same time, though, I had the idea that I wanted to start a group. So when I saw this this group um, started up, and I, in fact, I wanted to call it Montclair Vegans, and that's what the other person called it. Um, and then after about a year, she decided she didn't want to run it anymore. So I stepped up and took the challenge. And um, it's a lot of fun. We have potlucks about once a month. We have guest speakers come. We do charity bake sales. Um, we do all different kinds of things. Well, and you are influencing the community. So what's the population of Montclair, New Jersey? Uh, I'm not really sure. Montclair is a big town. It's a big college town. So it's pretty big. But, um, yeah, we are influencing the community. We have charity bake sales right on the street in Montclair. And people people come by because they want something tasty. They don't, you know, they don't really care. I, I used to worry that people would say, oh, it's a vegan cupcake. I don't want to eat it. Um, and people just want a cupcake, so it's good. Not yeah. that I'm advocating eating cupcakes all the time, though. Well, there's very little prejudice against cupcakes. I think in the old days, vegan baked goods used to be very flat. Yeah. But people who bake these days, not me, I don't bake. I couldn't bake when I used eggs. I certainly couldn't bake now. But people have learned how to make 
a, a muffin that is respectable. Right. So I, I think vegan baked goods uh, have a higher standing in the world than they once did. But I spoke for Montclair Vegans. Thank you so much yes. for having me out there when Main Street Vegan was new. And you took me to lunch at a diner that had a lot of vegan food. Yes, they have four different kinds of tofu scrambles. Uh, it's the Rutherford Pancake House in Rutherford, New Jersey. And... Um, they're, they're great. If you suggest something to them, they, they take, you know, they consider it. They realize that vegans will eat there. Vegans are loyal. They spread the word. And if they know of a good place to eat, they'll tell other vegans and people will go there. Well, that's exciting to me because I think a lot of people think, oh, you know, I, people have to make concessions for me. But the fact is, there are people who want to eat this way, yes. whether they don't want to eat this way maybe all the time, but when they can mm-hmm. or, or, or just to have a healthier meal and, and lots of, of restaurants will, will follow through and will help you on that. And that was certainly one of the high points of my <laughs> trip to New Jersey. So um, what are you working on right now? What's going on in your life? Well, um, I, you mentioned in my intro that I write the Meatless Monday column for Hot from the Kettle. We're all actually, everybody from Hot from the Kettle is jumping over to a new website called Devil Gourmet. And it's all about eating out in New Jersey. And uh, it's a play on the Jersey Devil, who's this creature that's supposed to live in the woods in South Jersey. And it's a sports team, too. It is. Yeah, I don't know too much about the team. Um, but it's a new website. I'm going to be doing the Meatless Monday column over there. So I'll be writing once a month, once a week about eating out vegan in New Jersey. And I'm hoping through that that I'm helping influence restaurants to add more vegan foods to their menus. Yeah. And I've heard good, good things from restaurants that I've reviewed. They appreciate my, my column. Well, it, we're out there. You know, there are plenty of us and the restaurants need to know that we're around. I think in many ways it's so easy. I mean, ethnic restaurants have always been easy. There are so many vegan and vegetarian restaurants, at least in big cities and in college towns. When I was in Kansas City, we went to an AMC theater that has food in the theater. So they have a little table where you sit. Have you been to those? There's one by me, but I haven't been there because I don't know if there's anything that I can eat. Well, if it's an AMC, they do have a veggie um, a veggie platter that comes with hummus. It also comes with ranch dressing, but I think you could just ask for extra hummus. The only thing that hung me up on the veggie platter was that it was actually listed on the menu as refrigerator cold or icebox cold or something like that. And I guess a lot of people like really cold, crispy veggies, but right. I didn't want to come in from the cold February wind and have, have something called food. icebox cold. Right. So I had popcorn, the traditional Popcorn's, movie food. Yeah, popcorn's usually vegan. <laughs> it is. And they had soy milk for oh, tea. Great. So that was good. But I have to say I was a little bit disappointed. It's like how hard would it be to have um, a, a baked potato uh, with some veggies on top right. of it? That's or not just, too hard. Yeah, so yeah. we still have a ways to go. Right. But yeah. We're- the other thing I'm working on is I have three classes coming up at the Montclair Adult School mm-hmm. in Montclair, New Jersey. They're in the spring. I have um, Veganism 101, a class on cooking with tofu, and then a class on healthy vegan protein. Aha! And you're going to be on a panel for your old alma That's mater, true. Main Street Vegan I'm Academy. I'm going to be here at Main Street Vegan Academy. Yes. Yeah, it's it's so exciting. We have people coming from all over. A woman is coming from Qatar 
that country that starts with a Q and doesn't have a U. So coming from the Middle East, I am so, so excited. That's pretty amazing. Main Street Vegan Academy was a great experience. I'm so glad you thought so. Well, it's a great experience to have you as part of it. So if anybody would like to ask a question of Diane Wentz, you know if you called her on your own, you'd have to pay. This way you can get her expertise (laughs) for free. 888-558-6489. We would love to hear from you. So Diane what do you make of, of this thing I was talking about earlier with these little animals being sold in malls? I think it's terrible. It's just, it's just terrible. People don't know how to, sugar gliders are from Australia, you said? Yeah. Yeah, people don't know how to take care of a little animal from, from Australia. And one thing that I was thinking in the mall was it was packed. I mean, this this exhibit or whatever you call it. It was one of those in the center of the mall yeah. uh, kiosks had more people around it than, than anything else in the mall. And all these children wanted these animals. So there's something in us as, as humans, at least when we're very young, that we're just attracted to other species. We want to have a connection with them. We want to have a relationship with them. And how important it is to be able to bring children up with the idea of, yes, these animals are wonderful, but it's not always appropriate to keep them as slaves. Right. Some animals, like you said before, you know, it could be said about cats and dogs. They weren't necessarily meant to be pets, but I think they've been brought up for so many years as pets that it's kind of a tradition now. And, you know, I don't think my cats could survive in the wild where sugar gliders probably could if you put them, if you release them into their natural habitat. Yeah. But they were probably terrified in the mall. Oh. All those kids staring at them. I know. I know. It's, it's a sad thing. I've seen cats, you know, we've had charity bake sales and there's always, you know, sometimes there's cats there for adoption and they're always terrified because they're not in their natural habitat and there's people looking at them and poking at them. Yeah. Well, I was feeling to, to bring it to a more uh, cheerful topic. I was actually having, other than the sugar glider incident, so much fun in the mall because living in Manhattan, we don't have any malls. I mean, we have a couple of places that have more than one store and they call them malls, but they're not malls. Right. They're not malls. Like so, Some areas of Manhattan are like a giant mall. Well, that's true, but <laughs> outdoors. Yes. And all winter, it's just so, so difficult. I feel like, oh, if I want to go from Macy's to Lord and Taylor, that's... That's a lot of blocks right. with the, the wind yeah, blowing. That's true. So it was really fun to go to an actual indoor mall. And, you know, we were talking earlier about reading labels and seeing what's in the food that we eat. And it's become so natural to me lately that that's the same thing I do when I shop. I do that with clothing, too. Yeah. yeah. What do you look for? Um, I don't want any wool. I don't want any silk. Obviously, I don't want any leather or fur. And no shell buttons. No oh, shells. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we learn a lot. And and it's it's fun and it's interesting. And then it's just another way to live consciously. And one of the things that I want to do more is is not 
buying things that are made in sweatshops, really looking at where things come from. I mean, I'm always so happy when I can get something that's made in America, especially something like we talked last week about Vote, uh, the new line of of Vote Couture, uh, where she's doing vegan, made in America, eco-friendly. It just seems like we have so many opportunities to put our money where our ethics are. I agree with you. We shop, uh, we vote with our dollar, and that's part of the reason why she named it Vote Couture. I know, I know. It's so wonderful. Oh, I'm still high from the fashion show last week. For those of you who didn't hear last week's show, Leanne May Lee Hilgard of of Vote Couture, I guess, is the coat company, and now she's come out with just Vote, which is her whole it's dresses and shirts and pants and everything. This is the first season that she's done that. V A U T E. You can find her online. And it's, it's so exciting to see that these are not just some kind of clothes. You know, when I first started being vegan, it's like, okay, look and see what you can find that passes as vegan. Right. But this doesn't just pass. These are elegant beautiful, and stylish. Yes. And, oh. Yeah, I used to have a big puffy coat that's stuffed with some sort of synthetic material that I got at a cheap store. But now I have my nice, beautiful Vogue Couture yeah, coat. Yeah, it is beautiful. Yes, and, and we do have the same coat, we do. just in different colors. <laughs> so we don't really look like we're trying to impersonate junior high but yeah and those big puffy coats are usually stuffed with down which is a a very very cruel that's another yes that's another thing i look for no down and actually when i've gone to gone out traveling like b&b's and stuff i have to request no feather pillows no down comforters now that is really interesting i i have never gone that far i guess because i figure that's what they have there I don't know. I've never, but that's interesting. Sometimes people will say, well, will you use the soap in a hotel? And it's like, yeah, because I always forget to bring some. But that doesn't mean that I couldn't wake up to the fact that maybe I could bring my own soap. I mean, it doesn't go in that under two ounces liquid category. So maybe it's just one more thing to grow up to and and wake up to. I think sometimes people are afraid of being vegan because they think they have to know everything right away and get it all right. It's like, yeah, I don't get it all right yet, no, but I, every day it gets yeah better and more I, fun. Yeah, that's one of the things that I like to emphasize with people is they don't need to go vegan overnight. And there's no vegan police that are going to come take them away if they mess up and if you know, they accidentally use cow's milk in their coffee instead of soy creamer. So I think it's good to take things gradually and not judge others. Oh, absolutely. Judge not and you're not going to be judged, yeah. somebody said, who knows a lot more than me. So thank you all so much for being with us today. It has been my pleasure to be part of your Wednesday afternoon, or if you're listening as a podcast some other time. So um, if you want to find Diane Wenz, and that is Diane with two N's, W-E-N-Z. She is on Facebook at Veggie Girl. Her website is VeggieGirl.com. And if you're in New Jersey, she could be your health coach in person. That's right. I do in code in, in person in New Jersey. And I also do phone consultations for people across the country. Very cool. And I do in person in New York City and phone consultations and Skype all over everywhere. It's pretty cool. It is. It, it's, Skype. <laughs> it's exciting that we can reach so many people. We're very fortunate to have this. So thank you all so much for listening in with us today. And I am very, very eager to think that you might be back with us next week. 
Next week, we're actually going to have as our guest, I'm trying to find it here on my calendar, but of course I'm it's not. Marty D. Oh, that's right. Oh, next week is going to be so exciting because we're going to be having Main Street Vegan Academy going on. So Marty Davy RD, is going to be making her return appearance, Bat by Popular Demand. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. So tune in and be a kind of vicarious Main Street Vegan Academy person right here next week for more of Main Street Vegan on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. God bless. Eat your veggies. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Have you ever considered that everything you think and say is a prayer to the universe? Are you sending a positive or negative message? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, activating the power of yes, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. As Reverend Felicia Blanco Cerce points out in her book, Do Greater Things, There is the potential for joy, wholeness, and expansiveness designed into every moment. And the miracle is when we recognize the constant presence of these qualities all around us. Once we see what is possible, our lives then begin to change. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Just what does that dream mean? Ever wake up from a crazy dream and wonder what it meant? Have you had a recurring dream all your life and you just can't get it to stop? Get all your questions about dreams and dream interpretation answered by the leading expert in the field. 
Unity Online Radio is home to America's leading dream expert, Dr. Michael Lennox. And on Mondays at 2 p.m. Central, the doctor is definitely in. Tune in to Dream Interpretation with Dr. Michael Lennox, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 